The month of May was fantastic for the Rangers' big league club, but it was also fantastic for one of their top prospects, Jack Leiter. On today's show, I'm breaking down what went right for the Rangers and what went wrong for the Rangers in the minor leagues in the month of May. All that and more on this episode of Locked On Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked on to the Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Patrick, a cripplingly addicted Texas Rangers fan since 2010, the founder and host for all five seasons of this Locked On Rangers podcast. Thank you all so much for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. If you're not already, you can follow me on Twitter at Bryce Patrick. You can follow the show at Locked On Rangers. Subscribe on YouTube, where the best way you can help grow the show is to comment nearly any single thing below. Today is Friday, June 2nd. Your Rangers are still 35-20, and 20, still alone atop the AL West with a two-and-a-half game lead on those Houston Astros. Before we get into the minor league business of it all and a little bit later a look around the AL West where the other teams stack up behind the Rangers. This episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Now, the biggest story for the month of May was obviously the Major League Club being incredible, building on their lead in the AL West, and <clears throat> pretty much proving that they are one of, if not the best teams in all of baseball. And I talked all about that on yesterday's episode. If you haven't listened to that, go ahead and check that out for just a nice bath in the fantastic month of May that was for the big league club. But now, now we're going to do it for the minor league club. There was some good, some bad, and some ugly in the month of May for the Rangers minor leagues. And the good has to start with prospect Jack Leiter. There is not a whole lot of good things coming from Jack Leiter last season. The strikeouts were there. The stuff was there. The walks were bad. The command with the fastball was bad. And it was probably a little bit too aggressive of an assignment, but the Rangers said, Hey, we picked this guy second overall. Um, you know, we, th- we think that we really believe in him and yeah, it's a huge jump to go from, you know, college baseball right into the Texas league, but we think this kid is capable of doing it. And, you know, he handled himself pretty well last year, but still the struggles were evident and the things that he was struggling with didn't get a whole lot better throughout the season. And that was the most frustrating part of the year, at least for me while watching Jack Leiter last year, the stuff was, was evident the fastball, fantastic. The breaking stuff, well, the curveball wasn't quite as much there as it has been this year, and it was fantastic at college. The slider made a lot of progress, but he just wasn't having that consistency. And in the first month of the season for the Rangers, it looked like a lot more of the same. 15 walks in his first 20 innings. That was in April in five starts there. And you know what? The last few starts, basically the entire month of May, outside of one really uh, kind of ugly start where he gave up seven walks, a career high in four innings, but he only allowed one run in that start. But outside of that, the entire month of May has been fantastic for Jack Leiter. In his five starts, he's gone 27 innings, averaging over five innings per start, 33 strikeouts to 13 walks. And again, more than half of those walks came in the one start and a 167 ERA. At the end of April, his ERA was 675. Now for the season, it's down to 383. He went six innings, five innings, six innings, four innings, and six innings in those starts, including a career high 10 strikeouts in the May 17th game, which I think was his best game by far. He had one walk in that one, and his most recent outing, just for the one run, came on a solo shot, and one walk and four strikeouts. The stuff was nasty, and Grant Schiller, a correspondent from Baseball Prospectus and 
frequent guest on the show, was out there to watch his May 31st start, and he had a lot of insight on what was going well. He was commanding the fastball very well, which is a huge, huge development for him. He said he only had a couple of, of bad yanks on those, and one resulted in a hit-by-pitch, um, but he was sitting in the upper 90s, which is where he's been. He's touched 99 several times this season, sitting, you know, in those mid-90s, which is about where you want it. And with the, you know, the movement on his fastball and that velocity, it is really, really difficult to pick up. And one of the things that's really gone well for Leiter is improving that command. That was the first and foremost thing with him. The breaking stuff is really nice. The the stuff overall is really nice, but if he can command it, he was had a, a little bit of walk problems at Vanderbilt, but you know, they're college hitters, and even in the SEC, they aren't quite able to take advantage as much of command struggles when you've got that kind of incredible stuff. The curveball just wasn't really there for him last year, and somehow in the month of May, he just he just found it again, and it looked fantastic. He was able to get it for some called strikes, able to get it out of the zone when he needed to um, and induce those swings and misses, and people had to respect the fastball and the curveball, and the difference in velocity there is, is, is pretty significant. And if he's still got that effective slider as well, then, man, the sky is the limit for this guy. I haven't seen that much talk about what his changeup is doing this year. If he, I think he's still committed to throwing that cutter, which is his dad's signature pitch. He, he threw really, really well. But the Rangers kind of took the took the, the the reins off of him, the whatever, the training wheels off of him for the last month and just kind of said, all right, stop focusing so much on these on the process. Just go out there and get results. And I think that has made all the difference in the world. He's been more aggressive. He has been more of that kind of, you know, F you attitude that we saw at Vanderbilt, the, the kind of attitude that you want in your best pitchers kind of attitude that Jacob deGrom has when he goes out there with every pitch. Same with Nathan Eovaldi, those top dogs that are just like, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to not only beat you, I'm going to embarrass you. And that is a lot of what Jack Leiter has done in this month of May. It has been a, f- a truly fantastic development. And if he keeps this up, then I, I think he could see AAA by July. I mean, maybe even by mid-June, if he has another couple of starts like this. I mean, this is what the Rangers have been looking for from him. If he's commanding that fastball, then that is the biggest thing that opens up literally everything from him. And I, I know that we weren't, Grant and I were, neither of us were you know, worried. We were mildly concerned at the end of last year. And after the first month, we thought, okay, I thought these things would be getting better. There, there is no question that he was going to put in the work to try and figure these things out. And so far that is coming true. I mean, he's a smart kid, a talented kid, has all the tools around him, just works his absolute butt off. We thought that I thought that it was going to be a pretty immediate shift once he came in this year of like, okay, went into the, the Vanderbilt lab, went and did work in the off season with a lot of those guys, the former Vandy pitchers that are either in the majors or, you know, still at Vanderbilt and the Vanderbilt coaching staff at all the training facilities that they have there in Nashville. And I thought that whatever the issue was, he would be able to iron it out. And it didn't look like that early on in the season. He thought, okay, didn't look like that in spring training. He thought, okay, well, maybe eventually down, down the road this season, then we'll, we'll see him start to figure it out and kind of like look away for the first month and and kind of check back after uh, at some point in May. And he started checking back each and every start and thought, okay, all right, all right. He is definitely growing and uh, gaining some steam on that front. And this has been honestly one of the the biggest positive developments the Rangers have had in the minor leagues. If not, no, I'm going to say, yeah, it is the most positive development in the minor leagues that the Rangers have had this year is Jack Leiter. If he can figure out that fastball command and make it stick, he's not going to be a guy who has, you know, Jacob deGrom level precision and, you know, command, but control or just like keep it in the zone and know 
know where you're locating your fastball. Don't miss glove side every single time. And he's not doing that anymore. And that is a huge, huge win for the Rangers. They used a number two pick on this guy for a reason. I, I still still might have rather gone with Jordan Lawler. But hey, if you can develop that top-end kind of talent, which is what Jack Leiter's ceiling is, then that is a huge, huge development and huge win for your team that has not developed pitching in basically ever. Definitely not a frontline starter in the longest time, maybe ever. And if you can develop a you know, number one, number two kind of guy in Jack Leiter and have him under team control for a long time, that is going to go a huge, huge way in extending this Rangers window to where they're not only winning just now, but for years to come. And another guy who's going to be a big part of that window is Evan Carter. The month of May was not particularly kind to him. We're going to get into why I'm not super worried about that. I'm, I'm almost encouraged by his struggles, if you can say that. I can say that, and I will, and I'll tell you why in just a second. But first, this episode is brought to you by Game Time. Forget the months of planning in advance and all your hassle there. Game time is the best way to get your deal on last minute tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If tickets, if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% the difference. Get images of your tickets before you buy it so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you are set. You are good to go. So download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Now, shout out to the everydayers for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. On tomorrow's show, I or I guess on Monday's show, I'll be breaking down this weekend's series against the Mariners. Hopefully, a series win for Texas. But you can catch every pitch of this series with the hometown broadcast on SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers. Now, another, I want to say positive development, even though it was struggles for Evan Carter. This is something that I wanted to see from Evan Carter. He's not been in a prolonged slump in his entire minor league career. And I think the Rangers wanted to see that before they promoted him to AAA. He had that incredible first month of the season in April. He had an OPS of 1,043, hit 340 on base of 500, slugging 543, like just really exceptional stuff for him. And then the month of May happened and things did not go nearly as well for Evan Carter. Just a 236 batting average on base, still significantly higher and 333 and slug just 281. Uh, no home runs for him in this month, just two doubles and one triple in 102 plate appearances. Now he has, he did get hit really early in the month by in the arm by a pitch. And I think that's something from that. I remember listening to a, a podcast Rangers on deck and they were talking about that bothering him just a little bit. So he's been playing hurt, not injured. And so I think that is maybe led to a little bit of the struggles for him as of late. It's been a little better in the last week or so than it was for overall in May. He has a 364 on base um, and one of those two extra base hits in the last seven days, five games, a 641 OPS. But still, the overall numbers, it's still a 791 OPS for him in 41 games. And he is still a 19-year-old in double A. That is still fairly advanced and um, a very impressive feat for him. I still think that they're probably going to keep him around at least until midseason. I think June will maybe start to see him break out of this slump or maybe he'll continue something and have to figure out how to break out of it. I mean, 
again, this is the first prolonged slump of his minor league career. It's good for you. Everyone slumps occasionally, no matter what level. And the best players have to learn how to fight their way out of it and figure out what's been going wrong and, you know, change that and break out of it. And I have every confidence in the world that Evan Carter will do that. But it's been a rough go of it for May. So all of those concerns, I remember I did an episode, I believe it was on May 4th or 5th, when everyone was calling for Evan Carter to be promoted to the big leagues and Leo Tavares to be sent down or cut or whatever, whatever they wanted to happen with Leo Tavares. And, well, Evan Carter hit 200 or something for the month in May in A, and Leo Tavares hit like 387 in the month of May in the big league. So uh, not to toot my own horn, but absolutely to toot my own horn that I was 110% correct there. But some other guys that are definitely worth mentioning, one of the uh, biggest trade bait pieces I believe the Rangers have is Justin Foscue, their first round pick from 2020, a guy who plays third base and second and left field, kind of doesn't really have a position he is a dh he is a guy who hits and hits a lot and when he gets on a heater he absolutely gets on a heater the last seven days for him in five games he's got a pair of home runs hitting 400 on base of four 591 slugging 933 a 1524 ops in those last seven days so far this year he has an 895 ops hitting 279 on base over 400 that slugging is not quite up to 500 and when you're a guy who is does not have a position and is going to need to rake and rake quite a bit uh hopefully the indication of him having two home runs in the last seven days is is kind of a showing that oh he is kind of he is going to get on a heater and start to just absolutely lace it up. He actually had both of those home runs in the same game against the Albuquerque Isotopes on the 27th of May. So um, maybe the Albuquerque air helped with that a little bit, but the guy's got raw power and we, we've seen him go on these massive home run binges he did where he had something like eight straight games with a home run in Hickory a couple years back. So if he can get on a heater for the next month or so, and the Rangers can use him to flip him for a, a big relief arm. I think that would be great. I do still think he's a big leaguer. He's just completely blocked by the Rangers depth. There's just no, they have no extra room for a DH. They already have a DH that doesn't play in Brad Miller on the roster. And, um, after some discussion with some uh, of Rangers Twitter, I think that Brad Miller might still end up being on the roster even after Ezekiel Duran and Mitch Garver find their way back into the lineup. By the way, Mitch Garver, in his time in Round Rock, has been, uh, yeah, absolutely crushing it. Six games in his rehab stint so far, two home runs, two doubles, hitting 316 in OPS of 1217. I think he's ready for the big leagues. Hopefully, we will see him this weekend against Seattle. If not, that I think at the latest we'll see him by that Monday series against the Cardinals. But still, the Rangers really, really need a heater of a, of a hot streak for Justin Foscue because I think he's a good prospect. I think he could be an okay major leaguer for a team that needs some bats. Uh, cough, cough. Uh, the Miami Marlins could, could use a bat. Same with the Milwaukee Brewers. And if the team's got relievers to spare, Justin Foscue... Make your way to wherever this is, and best of luck with your major league career. The rest of the guys that are worth watching in AAA so far, I talked a little bit about Spencer Howard coming back. His first outing, two innings, four strikeouts of perfect baseball. He is on a rehab stint. He is, uh, I be- I'm pretty sure, I'm really hoping that the Rangers have given up on Spencer Howard, starting pitcher, and are now giving a lot of credence to Spencer Howard, back end bullpen flamethrower which kind of always felt like it was going to be his role. 
good to see him go out there and not walk anybody and get a couple of strikeouts. I'm going to be really keeping an eye close on what he looks like as a back-end reliever. Hopefully he's ditched that changeup and the fastball can tick up into the high 90s and that cutter can work even better. And maybe the curveball will also work as well. Just kind of ditch that changeup, just be a two or three pitch pitcher in the bullpen, which is all you really need to be when you are a back-end bullpen guy, which it seems like he is right now. Grant Anderson is up in the big leagues after some really solid time in AAA and a fantastic debut earlier this week. And I am really excited to see if he sticks in the big league pen. I I think he will. And I don't think there's a whole lot coming behind him in terms of Taylor Hearn is still having a bunch of issues with his walks, 5.6 walks per nine in 22 and a third innings in AAA and a 363 ERA. If he can get that figured out, then maybe he can come back to the big league pen. He's got the stuff for it. But again, that walk issue is uh, is going to be a problem. Yeri Rodriguez has not had the best year overall, and you know, still having more strikeouts than walks, or more strikeouts per nine than walks per nine by a significant margin, or not quite significant enough. Seven point five walks per nine. He has been really struggling with that this year. But eleven point two Ks per nine. So, I don't know. Maybe he'll end up getting another call back to the big league at some point if there is another injury to the Rangers relievers, or they decide to cut bait with one of the guys in the you know, mid relief kind of role. But another guy that I wanted to talk about, go back to double A, which is kind of where a lot of the Rangers top prospects are. And uh, definitely guys who deserve some love. Another guy who deserves some love. It has not been, you know, doing all that well, but it's good to see him back on the field. The guy who was my number six prospect before the season, Aaron Zavala. It has been a little bit of a struggle for him so far. Um, a 365 on base, which is exactly what you're hoping for from him through his first 12 games after coming back from injury, but only the one home run, which is his only extra base hit, hitting 238, slugging just 310, a 675 OPS. I think that power will come back. I'm not really worried about it, but would have liked to seen him break out a little bit more in his first couple of games back. But again, it's been a while. He had a partial UCL tear. He missed from the fall. He was supposed to play in the fall league. So he didn't, he just missed basically all the spring training. So I guess this still is, you can kind of count it as a spring training check back in July and see if he is still an on-base machine, which he absolutely will be. Even if he never swings the bat, um, even if his, his swing looks terrible, like which it doesn't, it looks great um, for the most part. But even if he's not feeling right swinging the bat, because he is still coming back from that injury. The the I, the discipline um, is always going to be there and probably going to be his greatest asset for him. But another pitcher in double that I wanted to talk about is Takoa Roby, who had an excellent month of May. Don't sleep on this guy. He might end up being, he might end up being the, one of the better, I, I mean, his ceiling is not quite Jack Leiter, but his ceiling is really high. It is a mid-rotation number three starter, I think, and I, I really believe in him being able to do that. In the month of May, he made four starts, and he had an ERA of, where we go? Oh my gosh, all these splits on baseball reference are so confusing. Um, a 282 ERA in four starts, 22 and a third innings, 24 strikeouts to just four walks only one walk in each of his last four starts actually each of his last five starts he's only had one walk went six innings six and a third innings four innings and then six innings in those outings um just a really really solid pitcher who had a lot of work done to rework his delivery last year it took him a little while for those mechanics to iron out and it seems like he is more sure in those mechanics and he's been having really really good results including his last game on the 27th against Arkansas six innings just one run one walk 
eight strikeouts. That is fantastic stuff from TK Roby, who looks really freaking good. The third pick, uh, the third round pick for the Rangers in that 2020 draft, which the class of 2020 for the Rangers in the draft is looking absolutely phenomenal so far. Don't sleep on TK Roby. He's definitely a guy to keep your eye on. Owen White, the velocity is still not quite back. He's still having some middling results. 10 starts, 46 in a third innings. The strikeouts are down to 7.6 per nine. The walks are at 3.9 per nine. I think he's pitching hurt, but he is pitching through it and he is getting okay results. I, I honestly might rather the Rangers just sit him for a little bit and whatever this issue is, just get him fully right and back to looking like the prospect that we saw last year that was truly dominant this year. He's been a battler, but not quite as dominant. Coming up, we're going to look at the low minors and a quick look around the rest of the American League West, which the Rangers are still on top of. But first, this word from our sponsors. Shout out to the Everydayers for making Lockdown Rangers your first listen every day. Again, on Monday's show, I'll be talking about this weekend series against the Mariners. Rangers take them on this weekend, and you can catch every pitch with the hometown broadcast on SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers. Now, the lower minors. Let's take a look at what's going on there. It's mostly pitching is is the highlights of what's going on there. Is And it has to start with Josh Steffen, who is a 21-year-old in high A with Hickory. He has been truly excellent this season. A 2.18 ERA in eight games, seven of those were starts. 41 in the third innings, 43 strikeouts to just eight walks. Fewer than two walks per nine, more than nine strikeouts per nine, and under a homer per nine. Not allowing a whole lot of base runners, a whip below 0.8 at 0.798 really freaking good and uh you know he's 21 years old and in high i imagine that pretty soon he's going to get a call up to double a if he keeps this up he has been excellent as has most of the starting rotation in high a kumar rocker is out for the season with tommy john surgery he was really starting to turn a corner and we thought that he might be close on a promotion. Chris Young said that he was close to getting promotion before he suffered that Tommy John surgery. That's a real bummer, but I'm still not at all low on the ceiling for Kumar Rocker. I love what I saw from him this year. It's a bummer. We're not going to see him for a while, but I have every confidence in the world. He's going to come back and be truly dominant when the Rangers do see him next. Winston Santos has not had the most consistent year. The strikeouts are down. The walks are, are still low, but he's getting eaten up by the home run ball two homers per nine for him a 520 era in eight games seven starts 36 and a third innings but the teenage canadian sensation mitch bratt has been excellent as well as sub three era in eight starts 33 and a third innings 39 strikeouts just 1.9 walks per nine and 10.5 strikeouts per nine that's a lot of what i'm looking for in these pitchers in the lower levels if they are able to avoid the walks and get a lot of swings and misses that is a really really good sign and so far mitch bratt has done that and i am really encouraged by what i've seen from him hitter wise in in high a let's let's just let's go let's just move on let's just move on because there's not a whole lot going there. Maximum Acosta fell back down to earth just a little bit after a really great start. Not anything horrible. I still think he is a much better prospect than I thought of him. I should think of him more highly now, and I do, than I did at the beginning of the season. But down in down east with a lot of the teenage guys who had a lot of hype and didn't have the best April offensively, including Anthony Gutierrez, Glider Figueroa, Daniel Cueva, Jason Morbo. That, that started to look a little bit better in this month of May 
for one guy in particular, and that is Jason Morabell. 16 games in May, hit 316, and on base of 381, slugged 386. Still would like to see a little bit more power, but he's 19 years old. The power comes. It eventually will come. A 767 OPS in May versus 523 in April. Gutierrez, it was kind of the opposite. He was one of the few that had a pretty decent April. A 652 OPS, um, a 319 on base, but it dropped way down in May. A 584 OPS in May. It's fine. He's an 18-year-old in full season ball. The fact that they assigned him there is a a really big sign of how highly they they rate that guy. And so that is the main thing that you should take away from his results there. And in terms of starting pitching in down east, it has been really great, honestly, truly exceptional, especially Brock Porter. Eight starts for him, a 107 ERA, 25 and a third innings. 35 strikeouts to 16 walks, so 5.7 walks per nine, 12.4 strikeouts per nine, just 3.9 hits per nine, and has not yet allowed a home run. Again, mechanics with him are kind of funky, had a lot of head whip, and you know wasn't always even looking at the catcher when he was throwing pitches in high school, but when you have the changeup as good as his, it can really erase a lot of mistakes, and his changeup is just way too good for low A right now. He is turning 20 uh, tomorrow after this episode is released. So happy early birthday to Brock Porter. Really encouraged by the results. I think that they're going to keep him here probably for the full year. Maybe at the end of the year, they'll send him up to Hickory. But I think this is where he needs to stick until he can get more sure of those new mechanics. The results have been really nice, and I've been encouraged by that. Jose Corniel has also had some really good results. Um, 11.7 Ks per nine, 3.8 walks per nine. Aiden Curry leads the team with 38 and a third innings pitched, eight games, six starts for him. Um, 2.6 walks per nine, 12.7 Ks per nine, and a 2.35 ERA. Um, just a lot of really good pitching up and down. Um, Dylan McLean, who was also, I believe, a part of that draft class in 2020, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, yeah, they're, they're Rangers' fourth-round pick out of Central Catholic High School in Portland, Oregon um, in 2020. He's been really solid so far. The lefty has a 293 ERA in eight games, three starts, and three games finished. 27 and two-thirds innings, more strikeouts um, than innings pitched 10.1 Ks per nine, 2.6 walks per nine. Really nice stuff from him. DJ McCarty as well. Jose Corniel, Joseph uh, Montalvo as well. Like all of these guys just, and Josh Gessner too. Like all of these guys have been putting up some really good performances. A lot of piggyback tandem starts um, because the Rangers have a lot of guys there. They want to get innings and don't want to stretch out too far. Brock Porter is usually throwing three to four ish innings per outing, including his last inning against the Carolina Mudcats, which was Perfect, literally perfect. Three innings of perfect baseball with four strikeouts, no walks, no hit batters, no hits, no runs, no nothing, and uh, 38 pitches. So keeping that pitch count down as well, he's been usually in the 50s to 60s in his outings, hasn't gone more than four innings in an outing just yet. But still, really impressive stuff from the Rangers' fourth, yeah, fourth round draft pick who got paid like a first round draft pick because of that weird Kumar Rocker drafting and signing. But let's take a little quick look around the AL West before we call it a week and join back on Monday. The Rangers are atop the AL West. Yeah, they're still atop the AL West. I'm going to say it about a million times because I, I got to remind myself that it's true and also enjoy it. I know it's it's easy to kind of get wrapped up in what goes wrong for the Rangers and some of those annoying close bullpen losses, but you got to savor 
being on top of the division at this point. Maybe it will hold, maybe it won't. Maybe the Astros will go on some miracle run. The Rangers will kind of fall back down to earth a little bit, but this is still a really freaking good team and a really freaking good division. The Astros, like I said, are on a tear as of late. Jose Arquiti and Luis Garcia are out. I believe it's Garcia that is out with Tommy John surgery, so he'll be out for the year. Um, actually, no, I think it's it's Urquidy who's out for the year with Tommy John surgery and uh, Garcia who had a shoulder injury and we don't know how long he's going to be out. But of course, of course the Astros and their stupid pitching development factory have just called up guys who've been fantastic. Brandon uh, Belak is a 319 ERA um, in six games. Five of those are starts for him. Just looks mostly fine. Uh, JP France has been also really good in five starts of a four ERA, which is the worst in their starting rotation. Well, now that Jose Urquidy and his 5.2 ERA are out, um, Hunter Brown has been not quite rookie of the year, but still pretty good. Framber Valdez is still one of the best pitchers in baseball. Christian Javier has also been very consistent for them at the top of their rotation. The bullpen has been a little bit more back down to earth. Ryan Presley has an ERA over three, um, but they still have a billion relievers that are all really good the offense of course with the addition of jose altuve who has been back for 10 games now altuve has a 962 ops and is looking dangerous cal tucker is is still doing fine jordan alvarez is still absolutely crushing it finally jose abreu had his first home run of the season this week and um I don't have any hate to Jose Abreu, except for the fact that he's on the Astros. Um, it was, it was uh, good to see him celebrate his first home run with Houston. He was literally sprinting around the bases in Oakland and sprinted right into the dugout. The fast, faster than, than um, uh, who am I thinking of? Um, I was about to say Adam Frazier, but that's that's not Adam Rosales. Faster than Adam Rosales running around the bases was uh, Jose Abreu after hitting that first home run. They are surging, but they are still behind the Astros or behind the Rangers two and a half games. Next on the list is the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, who are still having a go of it. Third place in the AOS 30 and 28th starting pitching has been Eh, not quite as good as I thought it would be. The offense has been pretty consistent. Guys outside of Mike Trout and Shohei Otani are hitting. Hunter Renfro is doing a solid job. Uh, Anthony Rendon is hurt. Well, shocker. Brandon Drury is doing a pretty good job for them, mostly playing at second base. And Zach Neto, who was drafted, I believe, a year ago, is holding his own after being called up to the big leagues. Shohei Otani is doing Shohei Otani things. Patrick Sandoval is pretty good. The rest of the rotation, not quite as good as I anticipated. Tyler Anderson's come back down to earth. Reed Detmers has not been great. Griffin Canning has not been great. And Jose Suarez has not been great and is on the IL. The bullpen's pretty solid for them, but Matt Moore is on the IL. So maybe they are starting to crumble back down to earth. And the Seattle Mariners, who everyone was so sure that we're a dynasty and they're the team the Rangers were playing coming in this week starting pitching has been really good um Jared Kelnick is coming back down to earth after his incredible month of April Julio Rodriguez is starting to heat up after a really difficult stretch for him there where he was getting benched and getting dropped further in the lineup um but still their offense is not nearly as consistent or as deep as the Rangers starting pitching is is still incredible for them the Rangers are going to see some really really good starting pitching this weekend the matchups on Friday night John Gray versus Luis Castillo that's going to be fantastic Marco Gonzalez versus Andrew Heaney on Saturday and then Bryce Miller spells it with a Y so he's my mortal enemy and Nathan Ivaldi on the Sunday game that's going to be a fantastic duel Bryce Miller despite spelling his first name incorrectly is uh, electrifying to watch and I will be rooting hard against him uh, for him to change his, the spelling of his first name for Bryce's everywhere. But going to be a fantastic weekend series for the Rangers, some great starting pitching, and hopefully the Rangers' bats just absolutely batter them, and maybe it's not even a close series. 
the Rangers really need this one. Keep those Mariners at bay. Keep them around 500 and start to gain some distance in a critical month of June where maybe the Rangers can still continue to be one of the best teams in all of baseball and make haters finally believe. Thank you all so much for listening to Lockdown Rangers. That's going to do it for this week's editions. And until next time, don't forget to enjoy baseball.